Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS and bracket preview for this week's WGC Dell Technologies Championship. It's the match play. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a lot to cover. Let's jump into it. Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, what up? Uh, the very first match play DFS breakdown on the first cut that we've had together as a team. So I can't wait. I know C is excited. You see him smiling on the way in. I think he, I think Sia just loves the intro. Is that, am I right there, Sia? Uh, okay. I love the intro, but, but I gotta be honest. I don't know if you saw my tweet earlier. I, this feels like March Madness. When I was filling out the bracket for the first cut pod has, has a bracket for anybody that's listening. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but you know, I went in there and I started filling it out and I genuinely was enjoying it more than when, you know, a week ago when I was filling out my basketball March Madness bracket. It's just super exciting. I can't wait. That's Sia Najad. If your March Madness basketball bracket is in the trash like mine is, we're giving you another chance this week. You can get right back into it, but you can still watch. You can still watch March Madness and you can watch it on CBS. And I know sometimes it's hard to realize what's on CBS, what's not on CBS. Where is Duke? Don't worry. Don't worry. It is all very easy. Just go to the CBS Sports app on your connected TV or phone. And from there, you'll see every tournament game available to watch, whether it is on CBS or March Madness Live. Think of it like a gateway to all the action. So download the CBS Sports app now so you never miss a minute of the NCAA tournament. Got our own madness, our own bracket this week, gentlemen. And for fantasy purposes, for DFS purposes, uh, this is completely different, unlike anything we have ever seen before. So, Greg, just to kind of talk through the format a little bit here, uh, this morning on Monday, these golfers were placed into groups of four, 16 of them. And each golfer will play the other three golfers in their group for the first three days. Whoever has accumulated the most points after three days will move on to the single elimination format uh, of this event. And then it's one and done. This, this is the, the tiger rule, Greg. This is so that CH three doesn't eliminate tiger woods on day one. And you send them home. They changed this to to the format that we have now in 2015. Right, and it, it draws a better field that way, right? Because you're coming off to this event now, traveling to Austin, and all of a sudden you you get three round three rounds guaranteed, which is somewhere right in between a, a normal PGA Tour event where you're guaranteed two rounds, and and a typical WGC where you're guaranteed four. So it, it's kind of a nice happy medium. And if you happen to win and do what you're hoping to do, you're going to play seven matches. Right? You're going to play seven yes. rounds of golf, which is a lot. Um, very 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 cool format to me. I, I like what they did. I, at first, I wasn't sure about it. I kind of thought there was more madness when it was single elimination. But <laughs> as the years have gone on, it gives your guys chances, right? It, so it, it extends yeah. your your bracket doesn't get busted on day one the way it does in uh, in in the basketball March Madness. Happened to me so, too, by the way, Rick. 
<laughs> don't worry about chaos. <laughs> don't worry about chaos. There's going to be plenty of that. Uh, Kevin Kisner won this as a 48 seed. I got plenty of stats coming up about how often the top ranked player in each group actually wins their group. But see, we should maybe even back up one step further and talk about match play. This this isn't stroke play. This is mano a mano head head to head. One golfer versus another. If you make a three, I make a four. You win that hole. If you make a three, I make a seven. You, you still win the hole. Do- doesn't matter, right? I can I can have blow up holes and not be uh, completely decimated on the scorecard like I might be in stroke play. Yeah, which is why you might want to take the guy that you know on 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 any other situation might get a seven or, or an eight on a par four, but that doesn't matter because it's just that's just docking him one hole. So I really like this. You know, for the last couple months, I've told you how I, I just don't want to deal with like Jordan Spieth, for example. Well, well, my fears about Jordan Spieth are, aren't really realized here because he can have a bad shot off the tee and or hit it in the water or something like that. And that's OK. That's just one hole. So there's a lot of guys here that maybe I wouldn't normally take that I'm going to take this week. And if you're playing on DraftKings, uh, the format, of course, is different. So normally we would do birdies and bogeys and pars and and all that and finishing position, Greg. Well, uh, this week it doesn't. I I shouldn't say it doesn't matter much, but but it's based on how many holes you win, how many holes you have, how many holes you lose. So, for example, you win a hole that gets you three points. You have a hole that gets you point seven five. And if you lose a hole, it's minus point seven five. And then you get bonuses, Greg, for winning the match and for uh, holes not played if you are the winner. So not only do you want to win the match for your guys in your lineup this week, you want them to run it up. Right. That's what it looks like. If you look at this chart and this has got to be available somewhere, so we don't have to, it's got to be available somewhere, but it's on DraftKings. Yeah. yeah, There you go. So you got to find this, you got to go find this on DraftKings and take a look at it. Cause it just screams to me, guys that are going to win in runaways, a a streak of three consecutive holes. One um, is, is a bonus of five points. No holes lost in a match is bonus of seven and a half points. So to me, you kind of high. Yeah, there it is. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You look at this, you lose a hole. It's not really that big of a deal. Winning a hole is a big deal. Winning a lot of holes is a really big deal. So um, you you definitely want to be looking for, well, I, I shouldn't say that. It, this gives you the opportunity, and it makes it very interesting to me. Do you look for groups that have a a weak player? You ha- you look at a group like uh, per, perhaps Dustin Johnson's group, and you say, okay, well, Dustin Johnson's going to get a crack at uh, at Adam Long, who you know some of you may not be very familiar with. Maybe he's not in the greatest of form. Well, Dustin Johnson may may really he may beat up on Adam Long and Robert McIntyre and Kevin Nye. He may have a big advantage in that group. So I want to play Dustin Johnson so I can take advantage of some of these streaks. Um, so it, it does kind of change the perception. But ultimately, I kind of think you're you're just looking to get guys through so that they play more than three matches, at, at least four matches, I would think. Right, guys? At 1000% and more important than who you pick is like where you pick them from. You can play yourself out of this on DraftKings by creating lineups that are sub optimal Sia. And the way that you can do that, uh, the, the absolute cardinal sin would be picking multiple golfers from the same group because only one can advance on. Uh, the next worst thing you could do would be picking someone from uh, the next group over. So for example, if you're looking at the bracket, we've got Dustin Johnson in group one, say he moves on. Uh, you don't want to pick someone 
in Dustin Johnson's group one and in group 16, because they're going to run into each other in the very next round. You, you want to optimize uh, the path to your golfers playing as many holes and as many rounds as possible. Yeah. And to make it easy on yourself, what you really want to do is print out a bracket like you would maybe for, you know, basketball March Madness and just take a look at it as you're making your lineup. Essentially, what you want to do, if this is confusing to you at all, you want the six players you pick to survive as long as possible. So ideally, you know, they're your players are meeting as late as possible and then you're getting you're maximizing, you know, how many points they can rack up, how many matches they can win. And with that, uh, you, I break this, this into, into quadrants. So essentially, uh, the upper left, the bottom left, the upper right, and the bottom right, you want to start your lineups with one golfer from each of those quadrants. It gives you an opportunity, Greg, to get at least, at least guys into the final four, right? You want to have all six of your golfers in the elite eight. You want to have all four in the final four. You don't want them meeting before that. So you start with one in each quadrant, and then you got to be particular about your last two golfers coming from sides that are not adjacent of, of groups that you have already picked to really, really maximize your chances at this. So that brings up the next question, which is, um, it, it, as you look at the pricing on DraftKings, you see um, there's guys like Dustin Johnson at 11.5. There's guys all the way down at the bottom who I, I like Mackenzie Hughes at 6,100. Um, so where do, where would you guys recommend starting? Do you start up top, do you try to find your upset guy, your Cinderella stories that you think can make it out of their group and make a real run at it and start there and see what you're left with at the top? How would you go about uh, that? Where, where would you start in this? <laughs> Go ahead. It's good. See, I'm yeah, starting with, I'm starting with like the soft guys, right? Like, which is like the, there's a couple of, we'll, and we'll talk about them where I think this guy has a real chance of winning his group and he might not be the favorite. I start there and then I'm kind of working my way out. So I, I've made a lineup. You guys know I'm, I'm, I'm always you are to the show early lineup maker. Yeah. Well, it's, I love this stuff. It's too fun. <laughs> when the lineups come out, I'm making one. That's just how it's going to be. So here's the thing. It's really hard because I filled out a bracket again, first cut pod, the, that, that little competition we have going, um, with with everyone, like listeners too, right, Greg, uh, Rick? Yeah. Yes, we. So, I I'm assuming we'll get that. Uh, it'll be in the description. I have a promo for it later. Yes, you'll have access to it. We'll. I'll, I'll have the instructions for you. So, so the point is, I actually filled out that bracket in full. And so when I was doing my DraftKings team, I, I was referring to that bracket because, by the way, it's it's easier to do it that way because you're looking at the each side, each um you know quadrant, if you will. The problem was when I got to the when when I was filling out the lineup. I just didn't have enough money left over. Even even though I picked some dogs, you guys will see whether it's today or tomorrow. I, I picked some some really like interesting kind of dogs that like I don't think people will, will really be fond of. But the point is, I still ran out of money. So I had to go back and Greg, to answer your question, I had to think of, OK, who in this lineup is indispensable to me? Who do I actually think is going to win? It's definitely has a real shot at the final four. And those two or three or four guys were really going to be indispensable. I had to keep them in. And then I would go back and look at the chart, look at the bracket, and then just kind of figure out who are some lower price guys that that I I can afford putting in that will still re- like will still give me an optimal lineup. So give me the indispensable guys first, and then go back and fill the holes where you have them. So do you think that it would you classify that as stars and scrubs, or do you think it's just you're picking your favorite three guys that you really the three guys you like most regardless of price, and then you're filling in the next three guys with maybe questionable brackets. Uh, I'm on the fence and this guy's cheaper than this guy. So I'll go with the cheaper guy because it fills my hole here. 
in the second one. So it ended up right. being a pretty balanced lineup, as it turns out. There were a couple guys towards the top, but not like in the elite, elite range. But then, you know, I was operating within that seven to upper 9K range for, for my six guys. Interesting. We do have an official bracket challenge. You can join the First Cut Pod uh, right now. The link is in the description and it's on our Twitter page at First Cut Pod. You can compete against all of us and look forward to our bracket breakdown show on tomorrow, Tuesday's pod, which if you thought Tuesdays were mega before, we, we're going six wide bracket style breakdown uh, on Tuesday. It's it's going to be absolutely crazy stuff. And and Greg, I, we'll, we'll, before we jump into the, the actual uh, groups here, the one thing uh, that really stands out at this event is, is chaos. And you look back at 2019 and of the top seeds, so the top players in each in each group, only five of 16 got through in 2019. And that has really been a trend. Uh, Thanks to our friend Justin Ray, he lets us know that uh, in since this has moved to Austin Country Club, thirty six percent thirty six percent of groups were won by the top seed, twenty five percent were won by the second seed, twenty two percent by the third seed, and seventeen percent seventeen percent of groups were won by the fourth seed in that group. Right. So five guys win in the five top seeds win, and mm-hmm. that means three. Right, I think there's three bottom seeds that win. Uh, if you're talking about three of sixteen, I think that's seventeen percent. So, um, yeah, that's kind of fascinating. That's chaos, right? You're gonna it's a it's basically a mixed bag, and it's very easy to look through this and say, oh, he's the best player, he's going to move on. He's the best player, he's going to move on. But what's so interesting about match play, uh, even in a round robin format, it, there's no such thing as the cream rising to the top. Because you you only have to beat somebody for 18 holes. Um, you, you don't have to play them again after you've played them unless you end up in a sudden death um, a stroke play tiebreaker, which I think is interesting. But um, mm-hmm. you, you don't have to play anybody again. So it's not like, okay, well, Justin Thomas, he may not win uh, in the first 18 holes. He may not be the first round leader. But by the time we're through four rounds, all of a sudden you're going to see his name near the top of the leaderboard. That's not the case here because you can get you can get stunned, you can get tricked, you can run into a, a hot group, a couple of hot players, and all of a sudden you get a number one seed that that's not making it out of the group. It happens all the time. So yeah, chaos is a good word to describe it. Speaking of the overall number one seed, let's take a look at this bracket. We're going to start with the upper left-hand quadrant. So this is groups one, 16, nine, and eight. See a group one, Dustin Johnson, Kevin Na, Robert McIntyre, and Adam Long. I think it is very clear that Dustin Johnson of the top seeds got the softest draw here. Uh, but guys like Kevin Na find themselves to be a little bit scary to me, considering his ability to kind of get hot, especially with the putter. Yeah, I agree. But you're right. This is the softest draw you could possibly have. I mean, at least compared to every, everything else we're going to go over. So I don't see how you don't advance Dustin Johnson here. I mean, you can get contrarian in many other places. You don't have to do it here. As far as Kevin Na, I mean, I don't even know if this is a real thing for me, but we talked about it at the at the front of the show. You got to go seven matches here in total. And I just wonder if Kevin, Na, I mean, we, we know about his withdrawing here and there, and some of them have been somewhat recent. I just wonder if, if you pick Kevin, Na, you're not only pick, you're not just picking him for that round. You're probably picking him for a few rounds if you're going to take that risk. And, and I just, I just don't, I don't have any faith that Kevin, Na can or wants to play that, that much this weekend. Yeah. 
you know who's not afraid to play seven rounds in five days, Greg? <laughs> it's the headliner of Group 16. It's Sung J.M. who's going to match up against Victor Perez, Mark Leishman, Russell Henley. I, I've been a bit concerned about Sung J's irons the last couple of weeks, Greg. He does everything else great. This is kind of an interesting group. I don't know if it's just going to get buzzsawed when it runs into DJ in the Sweet 16, but like there, there's a lot of interesting things going on in this group number 16. I agree. And and by the way, that was a great little transition between the two of you. It's almost like you <laughs> talked about it before the show. Uh, so it, it was brilliant. Um, bravo. But this group is really interesting to me because, Rick, you mentioned the Sung J.M. struggles with the irons. Well, Russell Henley is just the opposite. He has not struggled with his irons. Uh, and he, he had a great finish last week, tied third. I'm looking at this group. I'm saying Russell Henley to me is a guy. He's, uh, I want to say he's third. If he's not third, he's fifth in strokes gained approach the green on PGA Tour for the year, and he's 46 in strokes gained putting. When you are great with your irons and great with your putter, that's the recipe for making birdies. It may sound obvious, but typically guys near the top of the stat rankings in birdie average are guys that are near the top in either um, putting or approach the green. Those are two mm. very important categories. And so I, I look at Russell Henley here and he just jumps off the page at me as the guy that, um, that, that could run through this bracket. He probably won't run through it. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's going to be some tight matches, but he's in good form. He's having a great year. He's extremely confident and he checks the two, uh, the two statistical boxes that I like to see in a, uh, in a format like this. Group eight, the all European group headlined by Terrell Hatton, Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia, and Matt Wallace. See, this is like, I think Westwood, especially with his DraftKings price, which is only $7,700, obviously missed the cut at Honda, but the two runner up finished. Like, we knew he was tired going into Honda. I have. I don't have much confidence about him playing seven rounds over over five days, but I'm kind of interested in him uh, coming out of this group. I mean, he's playing great. That's perfectly understandable. I mean, we've been underestimating Lee Westwood, and, and it's about time we kind of put him in a different tier of golfer, perhaps. But with that said, to me, this is between Terrell Hatton and Sergio Garcia. My instinct yep. says Hatton, but I, I got to be honest, I, I've probably instilled a little bit too much faith in Hatton over the last month or so. Not to say that a month is representative of, of what he can do in the next you know, a couple months, but he's been a little underwhelming and Sergio's ball striking has been so good. Obviously there's a putter issue with Sergio. And so, I mean, there's plenty of narratives you can play here uh, this week. And I, and I think the narrative train is probably going to be, you know, operating a little bit more than maybe other weeks. But with all that said, one of my narratives is I kind of want a good putter and I know Sergio isn't that guy. So I'll probably be leaning Terrell Hatton over Sergio. Uh, One quick comment on, on Sergio, Rick. Yes. Um, Sergio Garcia in 17 events in the match play, obviously not all here at at, uh, Austin country club, but seven top tens in 17 events. And when you see top tens, that means you advance out of your group. So he advances out of his group a lot. And the last two years, he has also advanced out of his group. So I, I agree with you, see. I think it's between those two. I, I may lean even more towards Sergio than Hatton. Mm-hmm. Pretty chummy group. I think these guys are all pretty fr- friendly in group yeah. eight. Group nine, Webb Simpson, Paul Casey, Mackenzie Hughes, Taylor, Gooch, and Greg. This is the only group in which the best seed, Webb Simpson, is not the favorite. Oddsmakers have listed Paul Casey as the favorite to exit from this group. 
Paul Casey is just hitting the ball so well right now. Um, so I tend to agree with the odds makers on this. I, I, I prefer Paul Casey. He came in fifth at the players, 10th at the API, fifth at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He was 12th in Saudi Arabia and he won the Omega Dubai Desert Classic. That is an amazing run that has gotten no press no press whatsoever. So a ball striker like that um, is a guy who you need to be cautious of. He's also had great success in the match play. When it was the Accenture match play and it was out in the desert, he came in second in back-to-back years. Um, and he also, in the last two two out of the last three years here in Austin, he has advanced, um, again, two out of the last three years. So I, I think Paul Casey kind of jumps off the page in that, in that uh, group. The bottom left-hand quadrant is groups 5, 12, 13, and 4. Group 5 is Bryson DeChambeau, the winner of the 2021 WGC match play. I'll more on that in a second. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Siwoo Kim, and Antoine Antoine Rosner rounding out this group. Uh, gentlemen, see ya. I'll direct this towards you. Bryson's going to be a lot like for, for for a lot of reasons. First of all, I feel like Bryson cares about match play more than a lot of these guys. I feel like he would just eat this stuff up. He is going to be intimidating to play against because he's going to be bombing it further than you. He's going to have more information than you do because you're going to be hitting your approach shot into every green before he does. Oh, by the way, he's a very good putter that comes into play so much in, in match play. I, I just like, I don't know how he does outside of like, I know crazy things happen here. Bryson just has to win this thing. I totally agree. I mean, again, we'll just take a little walk down narrative street. We're also potentially looking for alphas that really want to win these matchups. And he is like, I mean, he is the alpha of all alphas. I mean, I really think he is going to be motivated to win this. But when he sees his group, I mean, I think he's going like we talked about at the front end of the show. We talked about scoring and and all these things. You what you kind of want to crush your opponent. I mean, that DJ bracket and this Bryson bracket. And by the way, you get plus one point six. Six for, for holes not played. So imagine you got five holes remaining. He's he's crushed whoever his opponent is, but he's he's getting five times one point six for you know the the end of that match that never got played too. So a guy like Bryson can really rack up the points. I expect him to. The winner of that group will face the winner of group 12, Greg, which is Tony Finau, Jason Kokrak, Will Zalatoris, Dylan Fratelli. This is fascinating to me. Zalatoris and Fratelli are both uh, debutantes. I actually think Kokrak might be as well. I'd have to check on that. And Tony Finau in his two trips has never made it out of his own group. I wonder if guys like Tony Finau, if Webb Simpson, if they're if they're too nice for this, right? Like they're going to give they're going to give putt. They're going to give four foot putts for hand. They're too nice. Yeah, I, I don't know if that, look, I, I don't think that the fact that they're nice guys is what holds them back <laughs> in an event like this. I mean, they want to win. You talk, they, they want to win. Some, I mean, there are things that Finau does that I'm not crazy about at the end of stroke play events, but this almost simplifies the problem to me. And and I, I actually, I like Finau's chances in this group. I know it's going to be an easy one. It's pr- probably going to be quite popular to go with a Zalatoris or a Kokrak here. Uh, even if for, t- I, I think all three of these guys could be fairly popular in the Tony Finau group, but I have mm-hmm. a funny feeling Tony Finau comes out of this i still think he has advantages Uh, his game is the most complete in this group um especially if you include experience he had a great match play performance uh in singles at the Ryder cup in 2018 in paris i think it simplifies his problem and he doesn't have to worry about winning a 72 hole event he's just got to worry about winning 18 holes and i think he can do that i I do think tony fina can come out of this bracket i 
I can make a case for all four of those guys. I think that's yeah. going to be one of the most intriguing ones. Group 13, Victor Hovland making his debut at the match play. We'll get Abraham answer Burns, Wiesberger, and Kevin Streelman. See ya. Um, oh boy, this this one's going to be fun. Uh, I think Hovland just wins it, but is he going to get some resistance from some of these guys? I suppose so. I think Hovland is the cream of the crop here. Uh, you know, I, I'm always sort of on team Hovland, so it's hard for me to look another direction. If I were to, it would probably be Abraham answer, but I just think Victor Hovland, it, the short game's so improved. The ball striking is so good. Uh, I expect him to advance. If he does, and if the headliner of group four advances, we are going to have one heck of a sweet 16 matchup, which would be Colin Morikawa. Oh my God. Can I send up a prayer to the golf gods to get this one? Hovland versus Morikawa. Uh, but Morikawa will have to defeat Billy Horschel, Max Homa and JT Poston. Greg, we just saw, Hey, the last time we saw Max Homa in a high pressure, sudden death situation, uh, after having to completely forget about a three foot putt that he missed in the biggest tournament of his life, Bounce back pretty well. Who is he playing against? Mr. Tony. Hunky Tony Finau. <laughs> I think I think he may have had a curse on his side. So uh I'm not I'm not sure. Homa look, Homa looks great. And he has been playing really well. And I I do think he could create. And I think Billy Horschel is a feisty kind of a player, too. His DNA as a match play competitor, it seems right. He's a great putter as well. So um, I think Morikawa will have a little bit more resistance than it looks like. But at the end of the day, uh when you're playing against the best maybe second best a, a top two iron player in the world right now he's first on tour and strokes can approach the green um he is going to make a lot of birdies and he is going to put a lot of pressure on you and he doesn't do it in the way bright bryson's going to put a lot of pressure on you with the driver you're going to feel like okay he's only got 50 yards in i got to hit one close but sometimes in match play when, like when i would play in college matches one of my strategies against some players would be hit a three wood so i could hit first into the green and, mm. and just hitting the gr- now it's a completely different level, but I felt like if I could hit the green, then my opponent would feel some pressure and they're more likely to miss the green. When Morikawa is flagging it the way that he does and he's inside that 15 foot circle all day long, that wears on you. And it's going to play. It's going to be really difficult for these guys who are maybe a little more like Billy Horschel comes to me. He's a little more scrappy. And and for Billy Horschel to continue, it's going to take a lot of energy for him to beat a Morikawa. So I do think Morikawa probably faces less resistance in this group than Hovland does in, in the group below. But I'm I'm kind of expecting, hoping for uh, and predicting a Morikawa Hovland matchup. Oh, from your from your mouth to the ears of the golf gods, that would be something special. Let's turn our attention to the upper right hand quadrant. These are groups two, 15, 10 and seven group two as advertised. See uh, the group of death. This is Justin Thomas as the two seed. It's Louis Oosthuizen at 22. It's Kevin Kisner, our defending champion at 34. And it's Matt Kuchar at 52. Here's the stats here for this. Uh, I've gone back and I've compiled all the data since this format has changed in 2015. Louis Oosthuizen. Stazen has scored uh, the most points in that stretch. Kevin Kisner has scored the third most points in that stretch. And Matt Kuchar has scored the sixth most points in that stretch. And they all have to go up against the reigning players champion. This is going to be a knee slapper. Yeah, I mean, it's the group of death for anybody not named Justin Thomas, in my opinion. I know it's unpopular to say that maybe Kuchar and Louis and Kevin Kisner, you know, are, are maybe not going to be 
prominent in this tournament because I think, again, group of death, these guys have such a history. But I just I just think Justin Thomas is, is the class of, of this four. And honestly, Kuchar, I mean, I think we can kind of almost X him out. I understand the course experience, but he just hasn't been very good lately. Um, Louis, we'll see how invested he is into this tournament. And Kisner is, you know, one of those guys in match play that he's always going to show up for. But again, the way Justin Thomas has been playing recently, everything's short up now. I mean, and this guy, again, is going to want to win this tournament. I, I like JT. <laughs> So you don't have to like when you're filling out your your drafts, let's call it your draft Kings line. You don't have to pick somebody from every group. In fact, you're not going to pick guys from a lot of groups. I think that people are either going to avoid this group or if they do, they're going to pull upsets here. See So I, I don't mind if you are going to play group two to roll with JT as scary as that is, because I think it's going to be one of these weird opportunities where you get potentially one of the best players in the field uh, at low ownership just because of what everybody's seeing on the on the card right now. Yeah, I totally agree. Group 15, Matt Fitzpatrick, Matthew Wolf, Corey Connors, Jordan Spieth, and Greg. Uh, <laughs> this is the only group in which the worst seeded player, the 49th seed of Jordan Spieth, is actually the favorite to advance from this group. He is plus 188 shorter than Matthew Fitzpatrick at plus 200. Right. Well, you you know, this is the interesting thing about this is it's based on official world golf rankings. And World Golf Rankings are on a two-year cycle. So Jordan Spieth, who has had a uh, two years to forget, has had a last couple of weeks to remember. So, and I mean, he's a three-time major champion. So there's a lot of things going for Jordan Spieth and the positive that the official World Golf Rankings simply don't recognize. Uh, and, and at the same time, when you look at a Matthew Fitzpatrick, the 15th ranked player in the world, I, I think most people would say Jordan Spieth's a better player than Matthew Fitzpatrick. Matthew Wolf is off of his game and, uh, and Corey Connors just hasn't put together the resume anywhere close to what Jordan Spieth has. And they've probably, they've had similar resumes in recent weeks. So I, I think the bottom two ranked players in this bracket are the two guys um, that I'm most high on. And it's Jordan Spieth and Corey Connors. If Jordan Spieth doesn't play well, I think Corey Connors takes this bracket. I would also love to see a JT Spieth Sweet 16 matchup. Yeah. That would yeah. that would get my juices flowing in a big way. Group 10, Patrick Cantlay, Hideki Matsuyama, Carlos Ortiz, and Brian Harmon. See, I imagine Patrick Cantlay would be super annoying to play against. He's kind of slow. He's really good. That's usually a combination that would annoy me if I had to go mano <laughs> mano against him. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing, you know, I, going into this, there were a couple of guys that I, I kind of thought, well, I, I'm probably going to fade this guy even, even in the first round or the first, you know, round of, of three. And I can't do it with Patrick Cantley because I just don't have faith in, in Carlos Ortiz and Brian Harmon in particular. And Hideki versus Patrick Cantley, I, again, I have to defer to Patrick Cantley. If Patrick Cantley was in almost any other of these groups, I would probably just find a way to fade him. Not because I think he's bad, but just because he's just not a guy that I think is going to emerge as as the winner here. So I may as well fade him early. Uh, but yeah, I, I got to take Patrick here. <laughs> If that Patrick wins group 10, he might face another Patrick in group seven, which is Reed, Patrick Reed, Joaquin Neiman, Christian Bezadenhout, and Bubba Watson. Greg, this is we, the, the Patrick Reed match play stories are well documented uh, all over the globe. He's got a winning record at, at this event as well. Is he just going to ch- just just run over everybody in, in group seven? Man, well, I was I, I mean, I really like Patrick Reed in match play. 
Right. Um, as you as you mentioned, Rick, I mean, I think I think just about everybody likes a Patrick Reed in match play, but there are definitely some concerns. Um, I mean, his best finish here is tied ninth, which means he's gotten out of his group. He's done that twice. Um, but the concern is I was talking to a buddy of mine who happens to be at this event right now and he was watching Reed on the range and I guess he was struggling trying to hit a little fade. So I, I I would take less of that into account with Patrick Reed than most players. Somebody struggling on the range. I, I think Patrick Reed can find a shot that works come Wednesday and, and he'll be ready to go. He'll be ready to contend. But the concern that I have in this group is you have a, a Christian Poseidon. This is this just screen. He's been playing great on the European tour. He won twice earlier in the year. He just he worries me. It's that name that sticks out there that nobody's going to pick because nobody's familiar with him. Yet he's uh, extremely confident. He's won twice on the European tour and he may, you know, pop up and sneak up on a guy like Reed. Everybody thinks match play. Everybody thinks Patrick Reed. He's second on tour in birdie average. He's the best putter on the PGA tour uh, and he's first in strokes game putting. So everything points to Patrick Reed. I just have this sneaky feeling that this is one of those trap brackets. We need a good long hard to spell B last name in the final four, like Lucas Beregard with a J (laughs) in there. That's, that's what we need a return uh, for Bezayden Hote. That's the narrative I'm looking for right there. Yeah, This is hard hard hitting analysis coming from the first (laughs) cup on ladies and gentlemen. How's Uh, the real estate on narrative street? (laughs) (laughs) It's very cheap. (laughs) It's expensive, but it's mostly just my money. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Let's take a look down at the bottom right hand portion of this bracket. These are group six, 11, 14 and three group six headlines by Xander Shoffley. And this is this is really interesting. See, we've got Shoffley Scheffler. That's tough to say. We have Jason Day and Andy Sullivan in group six. Uh, I could make a case for a lot of these guys. Maybe not Sullivan. He's the dead men. Six thousand dollars on DraftKings, which probably means he'll win this group. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I never really play Xander correctly, but I, I may have to just go with the favorite here. I, I, again, the all around game is there, you know, Jason day, I'm still a little unsure of in terms of where his game is at. And, and Scotty Scheffler, listen, this match play is probably really good for Scotty Scheffler, but at, at the end of the day, I'm, I, this is one case where I'm just going to go with the consistent option. I like Xander the best here. <sighs> Match play might be really good for the headliner of group 11, Greg, and that's Rory McIlroy. So group 11 is Rory McIlroy, Cameron Smith, Lonto Griffin, Ian Poulter. I can make a case, a strong case for two of these guys. The one that is certainly on narrative street, Greg, is that Rory McIlroy finds his form and finds his spark in match play where... Listen, it's different. It's not stroke play. A blow up hole doesn't doesn't kill you. Um, you know, Rory's had such great success at this event. You only have to beat one guy at a time. I don't know. I, I could make a case for Rory this week. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm not giving him any putts. No. I'm not giving him a thing. He's made no. he's he's playing this like stroke play if I'm playing against Rory McElroy. Because that's still my concern. Apparently he's now officially working with uh with Pete Cowan. I guess there was an article released um in the UK and I, I couldn't read that whole article. Can you need a subscription for it? So I just read, I read a headline. <laughs> Pony up right? the pounds, Greg. Pony up. Let's go. <laughs> I don't have any pounds. Uh, um I, I apparently he's working with Pete Cowan now, uh, and it's apparently official. That could go one of 
of two ways. It could go where he's gets blazing hot and something just is the spark that he's looking for. The, the difference maker for him is uh, a fresh set of eyes. I, but I, I don't know. I, I look at Lonto Griffin, who's a great iron player and a great putter. And he's also on DraftKings, Rick. He's priced under 7,000. So I think must the rule play. of thumb here is he's a must play. Cam Smith <laughs> also worries me. So I'm staying away from Rory. There's too many questions. Um, and, and I love Lonto and Cam Smith here. And then you got Ian Poulter, who's the match play king. And yeah. it, this is, to me, one of the hardest groups to pick. But all I can say is I'm not going with Rory McIlroy. I've assessed the flow chart. Uh, Lonzo is a play under 7,000. You're right. I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but Poulter between Ryder Cups and this in this event, his his match play record is like 42, 16 and four. It's like something completely outrageous as we have seen. By far times. the best, it, by far the best of any of these great play. He, he doesn't lose in singles. It's it is crazy. Group 14, Sia, is one giant question mark. It is Daniel Berger headlining this group who withdrew from Honda because of the rib injury. So keep that in mind. It's Harris English who has fallen off a cliff. It's Brendan Todd who uh, I don't think he's ever won at this event. He's 0-3, so he's played one year. He lost all three of his matches. And then Eric Van Ruin, who's the 62 seed. He's $6,400 on DraftKings. And odds makers are not giving him any respect either. I, I have like... Uh, this is a tough one. Yeah, but I, I guess we got to simplify it, right? Because Harris English, I'm just going to take out. I mean, he has made a little bit of a comeback lately, but I'm not interested in, in Harris English or Eric Van Boyen. So it comes down to, do I do I think Daniel Berger coming off a withdrawal with, I guess, some sort of ribcage injury, does he want to go through? Obviously, he's here to play, but is he going to be able to go through or does he want to go through the, the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, two matches on Saturday, two matches on Sunday? I mean, I, I think the answer is yes, he's prepared to do it, but it just makes me really nervous. I mean, the guy just got an MRI, I believe, like seven, eight days ago. So I, I'm going to go upset city here with Brandon Todd. Brandon Todd's a good putter. You're right. He doesn't have a good record in, in match play, but that was, I think, back in 2015 when he played and he was 0-3, I believe. So not a lot of recent history for Brandon Todd. But again, in this group, I'm happy to take an upset here. Group three, and you're right, that MRI was uh, last Monday, so it was seven days ago. Uh, group three, John Rahm, his his buddy, his partner, Ryan Palmer in the same group, Shane Lowry and Seb Munoz, my guy, uh, Greg, this is, uh, I mean, along with Dustin Johnson's pretty soft group in, in, in group one, uh, the path for John Rahm to at least the elite eight seems wide open. I would agree with that. By the way, I just want to go back to this because I have the official number. 43, 18 and five for Ian Poulter single. That's his singles match play record all time. Uh, yeah, scorching. There's there's nobody nobody with a record like that. So it it's amazing. But John Rahm, um, yeah, there's a clear path for him. He has been hitting the ball very well. Shane Lowry just played his last 27 holes at the Honda Classic in nine over par. As we discussed <laughs> last night, I'm all too familiar with that. Um, and and the question is, can can Sebastian Munoz and Ryan Palmer take out John Rahm? And I just, I don't think that's the case. Rom's been struggling with the putter a little bit, but he just puts so much pressure on you in every other area of the game. He still makes a lot of birdies. I like Rom here. And I, I think to the, to the Berger and Van Royen and uh, English and, and Todd group, the winner of that, I think is a kind of a one and die. If Berger gets out of that group, which I think he does, 
I don't think he goes past it. So I think that's a fade group in DFS. And I think it makes Rom's group all the more interesting. And I think you got to go and, and play Rom here if you if you can afford it. We're going to cover uh, some more specific plays and fades for this week's uh, WGC match. But we're also going to talk a little bit of Corrales Punta Cana. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. And we're back. All right, gentlemen. So we just went through the entire bracket. Now we're kind of looking at this from a bit of a, of a DFS angle. Maybe some guys you want to target, guys you want to stay away from, not only to get out of the group, Sia, but to advance and potentially make a lot of noise in the Elite Eight, the Final Four, and hey, maybe even go on and win this golf tournament. So if you're, if you're starting your lineups, and I know you have, are there a couple of names that are really sticking out to you? Yeah, I'm still really interested in Patrick Reed. I just I just love his mentality in in these match play tournaments and his games. His game's been relatively on point. Uh, Cam Smith is another guy I'm targeting. You know, he's he's got a bit of a tough road. But again, he's he's a guy that I think is perpetually underrated. And especially when he's up against, you know, more talented fields, which I guess you could say this is obviously it is. Uh, he usually shines. And I think Cam Smith is a guy that is going to get underlooked that could all of a sudden be there in the final four. Those are, those are two guys. I'll give one more. This is, this is a guy I always like, but I think Victor Hovland can make it to the final four too. Hmm. Interesting. I, I'm adamant uh, that on paper, Bryson DeChambeau and the amount of pressure he's going to be able to apply to his opponents is is devastating. Now, obviously, things have gone sideways uh, in match play countless times over the years. Uh, I also think that, you know, we need to talk a little bit about Dylan Fratelli. He would have to match up out of group 12 with the winner of group five if he does advance. I mentioned 12 being the Finau, Kokrak, Zalatoris group. Uh, you know, Dylan Fratelli pops, right? We've seen him play well at the Mass. He played well at the CJ Cup. Uh, he had a top 25 at the players. Like if you're trying to find a long shot to actually make a run, you need someone who can get that hot over multiple days, play well against the big field and not blink, which I think uh, certainly applies to, to Dylan Fratelli. Greg, are there a couple of names that as you look over uh, our, our paths to the final four here that are standing out to you? Yeah. Um, so a couple guys that I really like, I think could really make a run and I'm not building a lineup for you here. So if their uh, if their paths kind of will cross too early, I apologize for that. But, um, Bryson, I agree with you, Rick. He's a guy that you got to look at. I think John Rahm, as we just highlighted, has a very, um, even whether you have questions about his form or not, I think his path is favorable. Um, I, I think Paul Casey is just playing some of the best golf in the world right now. And he would be another guy. I'm, I'm really looking at Paul Casey as a guy who can make a run and um, 
I, I think Paul Casey has the game right now to win the whole thing, believe it or not. Um, and then, and then I'll give you one dark horse, a guy I think is uh, really sneaky and really underrated, uh, and Bri- that's Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon is in mm. great form right now. He's played well. Um, he's played well in match play in the past and he came in tied ninth. He got out of his group back in 2018. So I, I'm looking at those guys as kind of some guys that could be key pieces in your lineup. I just have to go through and align them and make sure that all their paths work out together. We are going to do the full bracket reveal breakdown with everybody on Tuesday's show. So stay tuned for that. But before we get out of here, let's talk Punta Cana for a second. This this field is is interesting. Thomas Peters, Thomas Dietrich, they lead the way. Emiliano Grio, Charlie Hoffman, Charles Howe III, Jonathan Vegas, all certainly near the top of the betting board. And Sia, what I think is most interesting about this we just had this event. We, we played this in like October or November, right? We're getting a second edition four or five months later, which is not something that we regularly see on the PGA Tour. It's true, but it's not really to our benefit in the sense that we don't have shot link data from the last time it was played, right? So we're just kind of still flying blind here in terms of you know how these players did other than their finishing position. So can we lean on that, Greg? I mean, I'm looking through this and I'm seeing Charlie Hoffman, who uh, I think is is – in some of the best form of these guys in this field, he's $10,200 on DraftKings. He's coming off a 17th place finish at the players. He had a top 10 at the API. He had another one at Pebble Beach and he finished 14th in the edition a couple of months ago. I don't know what to yeah. call it. <laughs> Charlie Hoffman's a, a really nice play here. And he's, he also is in that group. There's, there's a group on tour that's getting hot right now. And they're the guys that work with, uh, with Mark Blackburn coach down in Alabama. And that's, uh, Max Homa, Adam Hadman, who had a nice week last week. Uh, and, and Charlie Hoffman as well. Those guys are all Mark Blackburn guys. And I feel, I get this sense that there's some confidence brewing off of one another. So I really, I, I do like that. I had four guys that I circled. Um, one of which is Tyler McCumber, who had a great finish last time at this event, but he's also in pretty good form. He just made the cut at the Honda. He played pretty well um, in his start before that as well. So I, I, I think there's a combination of what they did last time, what they've done at, at Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. You always got to get the full name in there. Uh, <laughs> well done what they've done in the past and at the same time what's their recent form what's their form like right now so another guy that i circled was brandon hagee uh, who's coming off a great week and a great sunday um, at the honda last week and i got to see him hit a shot on tv for the very first time this week and i've seen his name all over he's in, been in fields for years all over the place i've always seen his name i've seen his picture on pgatour.com i've looked up his page never saw him hit a shot on tv so it was great to see that this week um and at, at the honda it's one of my favorite things about the, the fields like we got at the honda classic but anyway i think he's going to play well again and then another guy who had a great week last week camilo vajegas yeah and the the honda classic has similar conditions um, aside from the greens, but as far as the wind is concerned, the tee to green play is somewhat similar. So guys that played well at Honda, I think have a really good chance of playing well again this week um, in, in Punta Cana. I think those are strong takes. I think they're good takes. I think that, uh, see what, what happens a lot in our world is there's, there's a flavor of the month in DFS and, and everybody plays them for a couple of weeks and then he misses a cut and we, we forget about it. And, and we're starting to see the, the natural evolution of this. So guys like Will Gordon, who were the flavor of the month for a while now, 8,600, pretty, pretty cheap. He's made four cuts in a row. Justin, Suh, who hasn't played often, but when he plays well, or when he, when he has played, 
He's played well, including a 14th place finish uh, just a couple of months ago here at the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. And then Brandon Wu, Sia, who burned everybody last week, now up to $9,400. And I'm just I'm just trying to get a feel for like the how how cyclical this our our little industry is and what our perceptions of these players might be. I think Brandon Wu is a really interesting case study because for a good reason he was pretty popular last week. I mean, more popular than you would think someone would be coming off the Corn Ferry Tour. But, uh, you know, do people go back to him this week? Maybe. I think people will, would probably be paying up for, you know, Charlie Hoffman, Emiliano Grillo, two guys that, that I'm super fond of. But to your point, there are guys that were good just last week. I mean, Roger Sloan, um, Viegas, uh, or if I'm pronouncing that right, Greg, um, Joseph Bramlett, I think had a good week last week. Uh, Bryce Garnett, Sloan, I think I mentioned him. So th- I wonder if those guys are going to be popular. Popular because there's really a good argument for them to be. But you could also pivot off of those guys because maybe they're going to catch a little bit more steam than you want and go with maybe some high upside guys that I also like, like Sepp Straka, for example. And I was I was digging down deep when I was making my lineup for this one, too. And Ben Martin was down there like I, I'm really like taking flyers on on some guys in this one. Ben Martin's, you know, kind of been off the map for a couple of years, but his game's starting to look uh, pretty decent. So in terms of guys I like, I mean, Hoffman at the top. I think I like the most. Of course, I like Rio, Sepp Straka, Bryce Garnett, Sloan. And then you're going to have to kind of dig in that 6K range for guys like, you know, the Ben Martins, maybe the Bo Hostlers of the world. All right, gentlemen. That is both the WGC Dell Technologies match play and your Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship DFS preview. Any final parting thoughts before we get out of here? I can't wait for tomorrow. Join us again tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a great episode. The the reveal, as we say. We've never gone six wide. Can I, I just? I'm going to do my best to host this and try to keep it. I have no idea what to expect. It's going to be it, like herding cats. Yeah, yeah. Herd, you're going to herd cats tomorrow, Rick. It's like me trying to tell my dog what to do. He just like walks the other way. Doesn't he? Doesn't care. He doesn't, he doesn't listen. know what's going. Yeah, he doesn't care. He, he listens. He just doesn't want to abide by anything. <laughs> So well, I care, Rick. Tomorrow I'll care. I, I, I have a feeling Sia is going to Sia will care as well. So excited to join you boys tomorrow. But I'll tell you, I'll, 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 my parting word will be a little teaser for tomorrow's bracket reveal, which is John Rahm is not emerging from his group. Not on my bracket. Wow. How about that? Whoa, a little, sp- little tease. Stay tuned to be continued on the next episode <laughs> of the First Cup Podcast. Uh, all right, gentlemen, a lot of fun. Uh, you can find Sia on Twitter at Sia Najad. You can find Greg Ducharme on Twitter at The Real GFD. Thank you to producer Jacob doing all the hard work behind the glass. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.